Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This is your Monday, August 29th edition. Hope you're doing well. Hope your weekend was well and your Sunday was better than your Saturday because I know we all did not have too much fun watching the Cleveland Browns on Saturday. The OBR has a nice summation of what happened, both the good and bad, all over the board. Uh, up on the website, you got the post-game Greetham angle um, thoughts on the game. Then you got the newswire from Barry McBride, four downs from Corey Kennan. We wrote up the bigger news of the day, which is Chris Odom tore his ACL, which is just really tough to see for a guy who fought like crazy to get into the NFL uh, through other leagues and then had this happen. It's just not what you want to see. Not that I don't, not that I thought he was making the roster, but you just never want to see a guy who's kind of fighting for an NFL football life to, to tear his ACL and it just really puts a damper on things. And then the update on Wyatt Teller and Grant Delpit and their injury situations, which seem fine. And then uh, like most places that are covering the Browns, a running list of cuts that have been made. And then Fred Greetham put up his 53-man roster projection. And that's going to be the focus of the week, I would imagine, for most people through Tuesday, is talking about who they're keeping and who they're not keeping. So Jared Mueller, I'm going to welcome in to the show. You, you've known Jared for many different episodes on this podcast. And Jared and I did our first guess of the 53-man back before preseason games started, really at the beginning of training camp. There had not been many public appearances and I'm not even sure that we got to see the team at uh you know in the public viewing in terms of open practices yet so it was very much a heavy projection at that point so uh, we're going to do it again we're going to go based on evidence that we have both injury based and performance based and make our best guess so Jared what's up man welcome back in brother hey I appreciate it you know it was uh, fun to be up in the stadium yesterday as a fan and uh Somehow getting that video of York's 70-yard field goal now has 271,000 views, and it's all over the place. That's kind of been fun. <laughs> it has been fun. Tons tons of uh, kicking positivity coming out of that game, which, you know, so, some positivity is better than no positivity. That's for I, sure. It, so, yeah, we, we, we get that. We feel like that, listen, that roster spot secured. I think all three of the specials, we'll kind of start there, Jared. We'll go through what we had on this thing, and then we'll – We'll uh, touch on changes. I don't think, you know, they they obviously moved on from the practice squad punter whose name escapes me at this moment, but but Yorquez has been more than adequate. I think he's been really good in the preseason, uh, both in the realm of kicking the football as a punter and in holding. I think he's been fine as a holder after some places had rough reports on that, so his skill base has expanded there to be better at it. So Cade York, Yorquez, and uh, Hewlett are all safe. Those are our first three. Any yep. issues yeah. with that, Jared? No, not at all. What I love is how quickly expectations have risen for the kicking game. You know, in the stadium, as soon as it was obvious they were kicking a field goal, like a buzz started. And then he missed a 58 yarder during the game. And everybody's like, you should make a 58 yarder. Like that is the expectation now. And I actually really love that. Like, I think that's a, a good place to be that you think your kicker should make a 58 yard field goal, which is not something that is guaranteed, but the fact that the expectation is a guarantee is is really actually a great place to be. And I think it's semi-decent, you know, expectations for the kicker. So, yeah, I think it's a great start to uh, this roster. I think as we've said most offseason here, the talent is abundantly obvious. There is not a doubt in the world that this guy has the talent. And I think beyond adequate talent, like like really, really strong ability here to, to to kick it from distance and kick with accuracy and understand how the ball is going to move off of his foot you know whether he's kind of oh okay today I got a little bit of a draw coming off this thing or a little fade like I feel like he's got a pretty good feel for those things and on top of the distance ease which we've seen I mean he kicked that 47 yarder and it was as high up as 
PATs are usually in the net. So I don't think anything's phony about the leg strength. So high expectations. Uh, I, I will be here to temper them as best I can. But the, the, the thing I like is, again, the talent is there. And, and it seems like it's just going to be how he responds to the mental challenges of kicking, of missing a kick here or there, and how he responds to big moments and stuff like that. So uh, we will see with Cade York. Yeah. But again, the promising thing is a ton of talent. And, and that's what you, you need, I think, at the position first and foremost, is the ability to have the talent to do it. Because if you don't, you can be as strong mentally as you want. <laughs> but if you can only kick from 40 in or 45 in, you're just there's a limit to your your uh you know uh, what what what's good or bad in the NFL these days right yeah you know i think the interesting thing is and obviously we it's fun to kind of think about what's different about this team than last year i think cade york this team probably makes the playoffs which probably changes so many different things but True. think how many times you know kevin Stavansky went for it when it would have been a 46 47 48 yard field goal or even you know sometimes less than that and how many field goals or extra points were actually missed now York's not going to be perfect, but if you just have Cade York and the Browns defense from the second half is around for most of this season, I think, you know, you're looking at a really, really good team and we haven't even talked about, you know, obviously the running game and all that goes along with it, which is probably the most positive thing we're going to say about the offense, at least after yesterday. Agreed. I can't, I really don't have, listen, it's been a miserable preseason collectively said it on the show last night. It's just been miserable all around. They haven't given us many opportunities to feel excited. Like I would think that the most joy providing player in the preseason was Josh Dobbs. Like he gave us actual moments of some joy, but yeah, I mean, between the first team getting very little work being lousy, both in Jacoby's time and Deshaun's time, you don't leave that feeling positive and you don't, you know, you don't, uh, you don't take a ton of positivity away from, from the, the game with all seconds because you're all ultimately saying these are all second teamers. So like it's just between the suspension and everything dragging into the training camp and preseason with when, when the appeal happens, it just, it's not been fun. It's not been fun, but I will remind everybody that there have been teams in this league who have gone four and in the preseason and had terrible seasons. You've known one of them in Cleveland and, and like this has no bearing on the season coming up, right? It's just something to remember. It's not been fun. And, and really what you, you want is to just build excitement, build anticipation. I totally get it. But it, it doesn't mean that they're going to go to Carolina and get beat week one. It's not they didn't sign that death sentence the other day. So uh, there's there's no reason to damper your complete optimism about what they can do in Carolina uh, or Charlotte, I should say, yep. um, week one. So let's dig in on other positions now. We'll start kind of back at the top. We've knocked out specials. We agree. Quarterback, I predicted Brissett and Dobbs. Did you also predict uh, Brissett and Dobbs on your list as well? Yeah, from, I think at that time I, I I had Watson because we just didn't know, and mm-hmm. so that just frees up a spot. I you know at that time there was I think even Florio was kind of talking about you know there wasn't a lot of this or that. So yeah, but Brissett and Dobbs makes sense. Uh, Josh Rosen, um, yeah, he can go ahead and go on with his way. But uh, yeah, that's two there. We're good. We're good there. Okay, good. We're 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 in the two. I think Dobbs has done nothing but raise eyebrows to the point that he might not just be around for these eleven games. There's a chance that he could be around for more meaningful things. Uh, potentially, as I've said many times, his his quarterback archetype is a similar archetype to Watson, and like he can he plays the position in a similar fashion where he's looking to throw. He's going to live from the pocket, but if you give him chances to escape and you let him get on the perimeter, he can hurt you. He's athletic enough to do those things. So. If you can keep your offense in a similar fashion with your backup quarterback in without losing uh, the scheme stuff, I think that can be right. important. So uh, Dobbs has raised eyebrows to the point that he's not just a body. He I, he arrived here this offseason. I thought he's just a body, but 
he's done more than that for me. So I'm interested. So uh, we'll keep those two, you know, ultimately what they do with Rosen in the practice squad, it seems likely just simple, but they might not, they might want somebody else. So we'll keep our eye on that. We're not here to really predict too much of the <laughs> practice squad, but I think for now we have no evidence to the contrary. We'll just say that Rosen, at least me makes the practice squad. Uh, so running back, I had four plus one fullback. I, I'm not keeping Johnny Stanton. I, I just don't think they're going to use the player enough to keep him. He got dinged up the other day too, uh, a little bit. So I don't think they keep Stanton. I think he's a practice squad guy. I think John Kelly is a practice squad guy. So I'm keeping four running backs and I'm not putting Felton in that group because he's a wide receiver and I can't toy around with it and call him a running back anymore. He's just not. Maybe he's fooling you because he's wearing a number 25, but like he's not a running back. So I'm keeping the four backs. Now, could they trade Dearness? Could they trade Kareem still? Certainly. Uh, but you know, it's just until I have the evidence to the contrary, I, I don't I don't have the I don't have the ability to feel comfortable predicting that. So for now, I will say four running backs and that's it. No fullback, no fifth guy. And that's different because I had Felton listed as a fifth guy, but I'm switching him to wide receiver. And I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I have him keeping all four of those top backs. Do you have the same or what do you tweak there? Yeah, so you're actually now where I was, which is that those four are going to make the team. I've heard a lot of talk, and this isn't obviously what the goal of today's pod is, but I've heard a lot of talk about Dearness Johnson as a trade candidate, and that's one of the reasons he did play like 33 snaps yesterday. Uh, I've also heard that teams are maybe willing to give up a sixth or a seventh if John Kelly is going to get cut um, because they're, they just believe in his talent given that that scheme is now kind of widespread around the NFL. But yeah, right now, until we know of a trade, those four are making the team. Um, the big difference for me was I had Stanton as a tight end, and I had Felton, obviously, as a wide receiver, as you're talking about. And so I'm with you on Stanton. I don't think he's making the roster, but does he make the – like if they get a Dearness Johnson trade in, does he make the initial and then kind of fall off into the practice squad – as they kind of do some transitioning. But right now the four running backs make a lot of sense. So that'll get us our first nine with the running backs, the quarterbacks, and the specialists. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got it. Okay, so wide receiver gets a bit trickier now. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> listen. I'm keeping Amari. I'm keeping Donovan Peoples Jones. Bell Anthony Schwartz stays for another year by no no earning of that. He's just here by the pick spot. Like it's funny. He's picked ninety one, I believe. If he was picked fifteen picks later, which is the beginning of the fourth round, it's just funny how your brain shifts and says, "Well, we could move on from a fourth round here, but not a third rounder." So like, it's just weird. Weird how that all works out. But anyway, Schwartz is here by default. And then Felton's your fifth guy. And as as a part of kind of cheating a little bit here, I do think they're going to to bring in somebody at wide receiver. So I'm going to have six wide receivers. And one of those guys is not to be named now. It could be Darius Slayton. It could be Denzel Mims. It could be any number of guys. Scotty Miller down in Tampa or Tyler Johnson. Like there's a ton of names there. And I think they're going to have to address the wide receiver. The Schwartz failures have mil- have left me thinking they have to bring in a sixth wide out. And again, I'm including Felton as our fifth wide out. So I'm settling on two quarterbacks, four running backs, six wide receivers is the number that I think they ultimately end up with. What do you think there? So I'm cheating a little bit as well. I'm not confident that Michael Woods is going to make, uh, he, I think he's going to go on the PUP. Yeah, and- too much time just to feel confident at all. We have no idea. Yeah, so they loved him in in camp, but I I think you know the NFL rules change so many times it gets confusing. But I think now you can just put him on the pup right now, mm-hmm. and he missed four weeks. You don't have to do that whole song and dance of cut this guy to keep this guy just for a day kind of thing. Um, but I actually I'm not as confident as you that they will go outside for that six wide receiver. I think they like Harley uh, and some of the versatility he brings as a as a returner. Um, but besides that, yeah, I'm on the same page with you of the first five, including Schwartz. And I will say this about Schwartz. The Browns believe that just based on his speed, that he makes an impact in the game. And I know that sucks because you still have to catch the ball at times, but they do really believe like there is some things where you, you know, if you're a free safety and your guy's getting beat, you've got to get over the top and some of that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know as a mental health guy, I'm really, I am concerned about, you can see he's fighting the football. So, uh, but he stays. Um, and I would say, and this is me probably being too nice, but you know, the fact that he was a third round pick it has nothing to do with Anthony Schwartz it has everything to do with Andrew Barry. Yeah. So go ahead and be mad at Andrew Barry from everything. We know Anthony Schwartz worked really hard, tries really hard, worked a lot with Jarvis over the last two off seasons. You know, I even have a video of him. Kelly Brunson is firing the ball at him in the end zone. Just, and he didn't drop any, like for about five straight minutes, she's just firing and they were short passes but she was just firing at him and he wasn't dropping anything. So, you know, I still think they, they believe that there is enough there to, to make it work. Uh, but yeah, five receivers that you, uh, you have. And then Harley, I think stays on as that sixth with Michael Woods going to the PUP for the first four games. Yeah, I'm with that. I think I put um, Weston uh, and Woods on the practice squad originally. Uh, so I will take off Weston. Who's obviously not a factor. I think I will have Harley on that team uh, they can get him back and then i will also put on the practice squad uh for about the 17th straight year jamarcus bradley 
So yeah, he's uh, a great practice wire guy. Yeah, they they seem to like everything about him to keep a guy around that long. He's been up and down <laughs> before in terms of on the roster and on the squad practice squad. Yeah. So I think he'll be there too. So those are the two I'm keeping. Totally I think Davion, keep, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I think Davion Davis is a player that could return to Cleveland after his time in Houston. Yeah, he, he looked good a little bit this off season. Yeah. Um, and then uh, hurt his, I believe it was his hamstring, but I think he's healthy now. I think he could be a practice squad guy that that looks to have some upside as well. Yep, I'm with it. So, all right, that's what we're going to move. That's the little change that we've had. I'm kind of guessing outside the building. Uh, tight end, I have three still. Njoku Bryant, and I, I think Miller Forrestal. It's, it, it, it is, again, a position that they could – I have no doubt that they could go out and do a waiver wire pickup or a trade. I, I think I lean way more waiver wire, but I think Forstall's good enough to, to be on the roster for now with an eye on practice squad tweaks. Maybe somebody outside the practice squad picture gets brought in um, that we have not seen here, and they kind of take a bigger risk there. If I had to guess in-house, it'd be in the Kia Griffin-Stewart. Um, that's where I'll guess right now for the practice squad tight end role. But um, – yeah, that that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll in this situation, I'd keep Forrestal. I don't think it's a it's ridiculously bad the way I get fearful about an extra receiver because um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to count on him, and they're going to have to count on some of these other receivers. So, but anyway, Forrestal I think was fine this preseason, so I'll keep him and put Nakia Griffin Stewart on the uh, practice squad personally. And and again, I wouldn't be surprised if they move outside the building to get a different practice squad body or even a different third tight end. But I don't feel as much conviction to do that as I did wide receiver. Yeah. And I think this is where we would switch. So yesterday, I mean, I used the dumb and dumber tweet or the dumb and dumber meme Forrestal, all. I saw him four or five plays that I was like, that's just a bad play. Like, you know, my angle from the end zone area was pretty good to see it. I was like, that's, that's just a bad play. That's not finishing your route. That's not making a play on the ball. Um, block, whatever it was, there was a bunch of them. Uh, and then obviously he makes that great catch, you know, in the end zone. You're like, oh, well, there you go. You redeemed yourself. I just don't see it. Um, I don't see it with any of their tight ends. Um, I will tell you, Mitchell Padden looks like he is the love child of Miles Garrett and David Njoku. Like that dude is so freaking huge. It's ridiculous, uh, but not really a tight end either. Um, so for me, that's where I do think I'm just going with a two and an outsider like I just don't see anybody in the tight end room that's worth it which is why at one point you know I looked at Johnny Stanton as that as that fullback tight end kind of role uh, but even there I just don't see that with him either he he, he got blown up on some blocks as well so uh, for me this is the two that we know are going to be on the roster and then somebody from the outside is coming in at the tight end position can't argue it I, I would not be surprised if they bring somebody in there uh, so those are two offensive positions that we would consider that sort of thing. Um, so offensive line, I had 10 originally. So you, you obviously have to take off Harris as he's done for the year. Then I had Posich, I had Batonio, Teller, Dunn, Hans, Conklin, Hubbard, Hudson, and Will. So Harris gets moved off. That opens up a spot, right? So you keep Posich. That, that moves it down to nine. The question is, it moves to two players, Dunn and Hans. And, and and it's like, okay, done in hands. And then also, if you keep a 10th, Taylor or Hoffman. I, in this case, saw enough thing. And again, Forbes, because Forbes started. I mean, there Forbes started go. yesterday, and it's like, how much do they like him, or how much were they trying to get a feel for, is this guy, how does he play against starters? 
I thought he was fine. He graded out really poorly, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Must be having like staffing issues. They're not putting up their their grades <laughs> publicly. I don't know what's going on there. But like, um, anyway, to to the larger picture here, I'm keeping Hoffman due to age and cost control for the a while, and trying to get Forbes and Taylor to my practice squad. Originally, I had Deaton, Ben Petrula, and Taylor. Uh, I'm not going to be able to keep all of those guys. So what I would do is probably say in my scenario, I'm keeping 10 O linemen. Uh, I'm going to keep as my starters, po- Pochich, Batonio, Teller, um, Wills and Conklin, and then have my two tackles, Hudson and Hubbard. And then I'll have three interior players, Hans Dunn and Hoffman that, so that's how I would go about it. Uh, but, but uh, on the practice squad, again, I would be considering, Taylor, I would be considering getting if I could. I could see them bringing back Petrula, even though they already cut him, and I thought he was just absolutely lost. But I think they keep three guys, so I would say they keep Yodi Froholt. Um, um, uh, so fun trying to spell his name as I type some of these things out simultaneously. <laughs> Forbes and Taylor are the guys I think that they keep on the practice squad on my side. What do you got on yours? Yeah, so um, it was really interesting to see that Dunn was the center even when Hoffman was on the field yesterday. So I really that I took note of that. So for me, it's the five starters, it's Hudson, it's Hubbard. And then right now I'm struggling between so I think Dunn is for sure kind of the eighth guy. And I think they will go 10. I think they just have enough talent there. I listened to an interview uh between Zagura and Andrew Bear and he talked about kind of they look at who should make the roster and then they kind of go from there. And so it's a little less of the puzzle that we sometimes do when it comes to numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my struggle is um, Hans or Froldholt. If I'm not, if I'm going to read into Forbes, not only starting, but Forbes started and left with the starters. So Forbes, uh, Hudson, Wills, um, they all had, um, 33 snaps yesterday. So, um, whereas Hans and Froldholt, uh, and Dunn, um, were all 51 or Froldholt had 68. So, um, you know, so am I reading too much into kind of snap counts? So for me, I think it's gotta be, uh, so the starting five Hudson, Hubbard, Dunn, Hans, and I, I'm going to go with Forbes at this point in time, just based on yesterday. And I know that's, that's probably reading too much into it. If it was Froldhold, hold, I wouldn't be surprised. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm with it. Okay. So you hear his side, that's my side, that's your offense. Um, I would say you know, the offense is is pretty set at s- several positions, but this is one where you have two that are going to be uh, with people that look outside to to get the people they want, um, tight end and wide receiver, and the running back trade potential there uh, as well. Okay, so moving on to D-line. I originally had Miles, Clowney, those are locks. Obviously, I had Winovich and Wright as your four defensive ends. 
Then I had Taven Bryan Elliott D tackles with Perion Winfrey, Tommy Togiai, and then um, your 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 ninth guy in this scenario, uh, Isaiah Thomas on the practice squad. I had Weatherly, who is no longer available. We've already seen um, we have already seen uh, cut at this point, uh, Glenn Logan. So I would take him off and put uh, Roderick Perry um, into that spot because I think he makes a bit more sense for what they want there. So uh, trying to think of anybody else. Sheldon Day is still kind of around, could be brought back potentially. I'm really not going to move off of this. I actually think the only substitution I could possibly see is, um, you know, at this point, the biggest thing I could see changing is that they really like um, Rochelle instead of Winovich. But I think Rochelle will be cut and I think Winovich will be kept personally. So that's um, that that's what I'll go with. And I think they're going to keep what I have here and, and go with that. But I could be wrong. Would you change any of those nine guys? Yeah, so I will actually um, change. I am switching up to nine. Uh, I didn't think Isaiah Thomas had a chance of making the roster uh, earlier. Neither did I think Isaac Rochelle would. Um, and so at this point, my five defensive ends are Garrett Clowney, Wright, Isaiah Thomas, and Isaac Rochelle. I don't think Chase Winovich is making the initial roster one way or another, whether, again, that's Pup, whether that's, you know, whatever that look, whether that's trying to bring him back to the practice squad. He didn't show much, and and then he got hurt. And so they gave up Mac Wilson, who they probably would have cut. I think we like the idea of Chase Winovich more than than anything that the Browns have really shown uh, at this point. I thought Chris Odom could actually push him for a roster spot before he got hurt. Uh, and then I'm only going with four defensive tackles. So I have five uh, defensive ends, uh, and then four defensive tackles, Brian, Elliott, Togiai, and Perion Winfrey. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I'm going with maybe a less traditional kind of roster build when it comes to the defense, because uh, I'm pretty sure you might have six linebackers or even seven, and I'm going to have a smaller number there as well. Yeah, let's do linebackers. I have JOK Phillips, Walker, and then um, Taki Taki are your four locks. And then you can have two more. I think, in my opinion, um, that's four, and I'm going to get to six. So, like, it's interesting. I think Fields makes it because of his draft pedigree with the team, and I didn't think he was bad. Uh, Jordan, is it Kunizic? I think I'm saying it right, uh, but I could be saying it wrong. He was pretty strong uh, for the most part. Uh, Dakota Allen is who I had originally. I just don't love the sixth linebacker. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> love it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess... I guess I'm keeping Dakota Allen, but I'm paying attention to the waiver wire. I really am because I don't I'm not crazy about uh, about some of these guys. They, none of them really, really popped out. I mean, otherwise, you're talking about Willie Harvey is the only one that received a decent amount of uh, a decent amount of snaps there. Uh, what, what do you have? Also, I should mention I'm bringing Rochelle back to the practice squad if I can. Sure. So, um, yeah. So for me, um, I'm going only going five. Um, I think they really do. Not only do they like Fields' pedigree, I think they they think he can do some of the things they would like to have done with like Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. So uh, again, I'm not obviously he's not JOK, but so yeah, Walker JOK Taki Taki as uh, the Sam, and then Jacob Phillips and Tony Fields. 
and I am choosing to keep an extra safety uh, for instead of this random linebacker that I'm not sure of, right? Like, like you were talking about, whether it's Harvey um, or Dakota Allen, you know, whatever you're looking at, I'm just not sure about keeping a guy just to keep a guy. Special teams is important, but I'm not going to pretend to be uh, awesome at, at, at scouting special teams. Yesterday, John Johnson and Anthony Walker were the punt protectors. Very, very interesting to see that. I was like, wait, what? Why are we got those two guys covering kicks? But that's who the starting punt protectors were. So I don't know if they're going to use, you know, some more of their defensive starters on special teams or if that just happened to happen. But uh, I didn't really love seeing John Johnson taking on a blitzing uh, uh, special teams guy. I didn't either. I really didn't either. I'd prefer that to be a linebacker too. Um, and then like I have Harvey. Are you keeping anybody else? I mean, Harvey just makes the most sense as the practice squad guy to me. Do you, do you keep someone else He does, else there? yeah. Harvey makes sense on the practice squad. And I think Dakota Allen will as well. I think they'll use special teams in that kind of way. Herb Miller was the guy last year that they kind of kept bringing up for special teams purposes. So I think that makes the most sense uh, for for those two guys who can who can do those things differently than you know the the five that I'm keeping. Let's move to corner. Ward, Newsom, Greedy, Green, and Greedy. We talked about on yesterday's show. If they're going to move on from a guy like, I could see some desperate team out there being interested in taking on Greedy. Right, like that's a guy I'd listen to on trade offers, but. Uh, Ward, Newsom, Greedy, Green, Emerson, and Jolly are the six guys that I have here. Um, I had on the practice squad Reggie Robinson, who was let go of injury designation. Herb Miller on the practice squad. Uh, Luther Luther Kirk was a safety I had on the practice squad. I, at this point, I don't <laughs> I don't know what I want. I mean, I guess Herb Miller because uh, you know because he's got. He's he's got experience around here. He was terrible. He got burnt in cover three yesterday. Um, was was really really bad. I, I like the corner situation outside of their top six, and I, I'm keeping Jolly. I, I just there's enough there for me to want to keep a six corner. I have no issue with keeping him. So I would probably keep him at this point. I think he does enough things decently that you need nickel depth. And if you have four outside guys and three inside guys, that that can make enough sense to me. And then on the practice squad, I, like I said, I guess you're keeping Herb Miller, but not a ton of great options there. And maybe they look to add a different practice squad body to the group there. What do you have? Uh, same group. I I kept Herb Miller just from a special teams perspective as well. Uh, but Sean Jolly would make sense too. I think that's a tough one um, looking at who they have and what they have. Um, you know, it's really a toss up. And since since you went with Jolly, I'm going with, with Miller but I wouldn't be shocked if Jolly comes in and you and I were both on him early when, when they signed him, we're like that, that actually fits as kind of that developmental kind of nickel guy. Uh, but I just, with, with going with only five linebackers, I wanted to add a special teams guy uh, in this spot. I love it. Okay. Um, safety. I guess the question with safety is the top three guys are pretty secure here. Who is, who's your, um, your fourth LeCount. Yeah. So Anthony I actually, Bell, this like, is what, what's your, yeah. so this is where I, uh, I kept the spot. So I had one spot more than you left here. And so that's where I'm actually keeping both of those guys. Okay. Uh, and, and so instead of that extra linebacker, instead of that six linebacker, I'm actually keeping five safeties. I think the versatility of Ronnie Harrison to play like a linebacker, same thing with, with Delpit Johnson, you know, LeCount can be a strong hitter at times. Um, but I think they really like what, with, uh, what Bell did, 
uh, at the end of the game or after the game, Stefanski talked a lot about uh, that Bell was really high. They track how many times not only do does the guy punch the ball out, but actually is trying to punch the ball out or, or strip a ball. And they said Bell was pretty high on that list. Um, he's always doing that. And I think that's something they really value uh, and fits kind of John Johnson's alpha dog conversation. So I actually have five safeties here with Johnson, Delpit, Harrison, LeCount, and uh, Bell coming in instead of that six linebacker. I dig it. Okay. So yeah, this is our setup. Um, we kind of, I'm, I'm, didn't change a ton of mine from the start to the end on defense. I moved some things on offense, but didn't move some things on defense. If they're going to add anything defensively, it certainly would be up front, right? Like it would be one of those guys in the front for sure. Uh, in terms of, uh, another edge or another defensive tackle. So, uh, again, that's our structure. I'll read through mine, Brissett and Dobbs in the quarterback room, running back room is Chubb, Kareem, Dearness, and Jerome, six wide receivers, Amari, DPJ, Bell, and Schwartz and then uh, Felton and then I thought they would add a guy so that guy is to be determined I kept three tight ends and um, three tight ends I kept Njoku, Bryant, Forstall fully understanding they could go get another uh, off the market and then O-line, Posich, Batonio, Teller, Conklin and Wills and then your backups Dunn, Hans, Hubbard, um, Hudson and then I kept Brock Hoffman as my 10th D-line, Miles, Clowney, Winovich, and Wright. And then Isaiah Thomas is my fifth edge. Four defensive tackles, Taven, uh, Taven Bryan, um, Jordan Elliott, and then Perion Winfrey and Tommy Togiai. Linebackers, I kept six in this scenario. Um, in this one, we took JOK, Phillips, Walker, Fields, Taki, Taki, and I kept – did I keep – Allen, I think I could Dakota Allen. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Ward, Newsom, Greedy, Green, Emerson, and Jolly are my corners. Safety is John Johnson, Delpit, Harrison, LeCount for me. And then the three specials, York, Bohorquez, and Hewlett. I have not totally fact-checked my numbers here. I hope I kept the 53. I think so you're good. I was I was following along with my last post on Browns Wire. So big changes comparable to yours. Uh, I think the third tight end is coming from outside. The sixth wide receiver is Harley. Offensive line. Um, I'm reading too much into it, but I have Forbes over Froholt, uh, with the rest being the same as you defensive ends. I only have five. I have Chase Winovich not making the initial roster linebackers. I have five of the six that you have. I do not have Dakota Allen cornerback. I took Herb Miller over Sean Jolly. Um, and then at safety, I have five. I added the Anthony bell, uh, in place of Dakota Allen, um, who you had at linebacker. Okay, well, that's the draft. That is the well, the draft. I should say, uh, too many fantasy. <laughs> we picked them mind. all. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We picked a fifty-three man. These things are fluid; they'll change. Jared and I, on our own uh, adventures here, will will document those changes both at the OBR and the Browns Wire. So continue to check out those moving parts. Uh, we will have all of the coverage of those things. We'll see some huge decisions to make at wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, and then potential trade candidates that come out as well through all of this stuff. So. Yeah, man, it's going to be a wild week. And, and then you get a bye week with some relatively quiet stuff that goes on over a weekend that the Browns will have like Friday, Saturday, Sunday off before they start Carolina prep on that Monday. But there will be so many roster tweaks and changes. So continue to follow along. We kept what we can based on what we know. So uh, let us know if you disagree with us or not. Hit us up uh, in, in, in Twitter and on the episode link and give us your thoughts. We appreciate you, Jared, for stopping by uh, for the show. Thanks a ton, man. You know, always, uh, of course, always brother. 
yeah, man. And then I appreciate you guys stopping by on, on a Monday. So hopefully your Monday is going well, wherever that Monday finds you, whether it's working out, driving to or from work or wherever you listen to this podcast. I appreciate you guys so much for continuing to check it out. Have all the angles of your Cleveland Browns covered this week as the roster moves and shifts and evolves into what will be the 53-man roster and 16-man practice squad when this season gets going. Thanks again for being here, checking out the episode. Have a great Monday and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.